You're listening to the Build Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Trust me, you will want to be tuned into Midco SN this weekend for live coverage of UND Hockey's NCHC quarterfinal series in Denver against the Pioneers. We'll have each game in this best of three series live on our airwaves. So if you can't make the trip to the Rockies because of potentially a little winter storm coming up, don't worry, we have you covered. Midco SN, this is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shapes Podcast. Welcome, episode 29 of the Build Shapes Podcast, taping this on a Wednesday, March the 13th, alongside producer David Folsky, Athletics Director Bill Shapes. I'm Alex Heinert. Wednesday taping this week because, of course, Summit League Tournament going on in Sioux Falls. We were both down I-29, watching a lot of basketball this past weekend. It's, uh, that's obvious, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. We, we have, I have, I don't know. Nine different bullet points on, on different UND Athletics things to talk about. It's a, it was a big week. This is a busy time of year. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's like we always talk about. This is what you work for. This is what you get up for. And it was fun to see our teams go down, compete in Sioux Falls, compete down in Alabama, uh, compete in California, all, all over the country really this past week in, in, in matches, in meets, in games that were important. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a awesome time in Sioux Falls. I was really looking forward to it. And you'd mentioned last week on the pod, you know, how, how good a job that the Summit League does and, and, and Midco yeah. covering it. And, and then, the, of course, the fans showing up to it mm-hmm. is just great. And so, you know, for our, our teams, it was important for us, uh, you know, to see it, feel it, because it was different than Reno, no, no question yeah. about it. And, uh, uh, and so that was, you know, it, it, there's, there's just something to have to live through something. And now all of a sudden, all of our uh, uh, returners, uh, you know, kind of get it, if, if that makes sense. And, you know, we did, we, we did pretty well in a sense that, uh, you know, obviously a 7-2 game, uh, things got to go right for you to get that one done. And I thought we pushed Omaha pretty, pretty well. Uh, just couldn't get it done on the men's side. And then the ladies picking up a, a, a win against Denver was great, played a great second half. And then honestly, I, I think because we pushed USD so much, they, they appeared yeah. a bit tired yesterday. I could be wrong with that, and I just have felt that way. No, I would agree. I, no, I think that um, even though South Dakota State obviously earned that championship on the women's totally, side, phenomenal totally. team, had a tremendous season, great tournament. Nothing against South Dakota State. North Dakota, I think, earns maybe like a 16th of that trophy for really wearing down the Coyotes in that semifinal. That was a physical game. And it won again. It was a two-point game in the second quarter. There was a great comeback by you and these women. Yep. And you could just tell, I think, the exertion to come back against Denver. They were down by 16 in that first-round game. Then to turn around and play a dynamic South Dakota team. That third quarter just ended up being too much. The Oats came out and they were able to pull away and kind of put the game to bed. But nothing, again, for both the men and the women, a lot of positives to take from their first trip down to Sioux Falls in this particular tournament. Yeah, you know, if you look, uh, you know, overall, certainly not where we want to be. I mean, I think we we would like to, uh, you know, wear the, looks like I say, the, the light jersey. Right. I mean, I think that's the concept, right? You go in every year and you want to be the higher seed for, for a variety of reasons. And, and part of it is scheduling and, and, right. and when you play games. And so that makes a big, big difference. And so I, I think there's no doubt that, you know, we have an expectation that, you know, uh, you know, a top 
top half finish can kind of give you the best possibility. But boy, it is a grind when you're going through the the tournament. And you know that that semifinal game, I, it was it was very very physical, and uh, I think it took its toll. And, and on top of it, South Dakota State had a, what a few extra hours because they had played played at noon. Yep, instead of two thirty. So little difference. Little bit of a difference that makes a difference. Yeah. Plus they won by thirty one, I think overall. Robert thirty one or thirty four. They both of their their totally. first and second round games were totally. thirty plus point victories for the Jacks on the women's side. That makes a difference. It does. It certainly does. Yeah, and and, and nothing uh, you know to take away from the phenomenal year they uh, they had, and uh, they did a great job yesterday. Now, having said that, it would appear to me that two teams from the Summit League should be getting in. Mm-hmm. Would be my guess. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised, <laughs> yeah. but. Well, Would we really be surprised yeah. in life if, if, it, if it wasn't the case? But I think, uh, I think that's what should happen. Yeah, well, I mean, volleyball was a two-bid league this which year, is which awesome. was fantastic with South Dakota and Denver both making it. Basketball, I think, has an even stronger case to be a two-bid totally. league now. I think when you looked at the latest bracketology, South Dakota State was on the sixth line, yes. and South Dakota was on the seventh. How about that? And the fact they both made the title game, that one lost to the other... I think really, even if one had lost earlier in the tournament, when you look at their RPIs, they're both in the top 40. Yep. The Oats have been ranked in the top 25. It just shows how good the top half of this league is. Yep. And again, that's what we're aspiring to, to get up and be in that conversation with those two programs that have been so good yep. since making their transition to the D1 level inside the Summit. No doubt. And so, uh, you know, good luck to them uh, as they uh, hopefully forge on and represent, uh, represent and, and really potentially get a win or yeah. two I, really both, both could conceivably be favored in the first round of their tournament south dakota state now especially i think they'll be a higher seed in, in a matchup in the first round yep the, uh the jacks by the way have been as high as a seven seed in the tournament so a chance to make a little bit of history is the highest team ranked and seeded yep. in, in from a summit league squad coming up but we'll find out on monday i believe is the selection show coming up this next week correct and uh, the men's selection show coming up on sunday we'll find out where north dakota state's going to be big win for the bison to yeah come back. and yeah. beat omaha the team of course that took out und in the first round yeah and not that not not that uh you know it wasn't uh you know we said it on on our previous podcasts that uh it felt like the men's side was a little bit open and it started that way right from the jump, first game right from jump yeah that you uh you mentioned earlier about being surprised we would be surprised if the if, if USD and SDSU didn't make the NCAA tournament. I think it was a much bigger surprise that South Dakota State lost in that first round to Western Illinois, a team they had beaten by 40 earlier in the season. It just goes to show how unpredictable this time of year is. And it's easy for teams, not necessarily to to overlook teams, but I think the pressure that they must have been feeling. I mean, in your shoes, when you were watching that game and seeing just how tight South Dakota State played, they just they didn't play like... It was a game where they, they played differently than they had played the entire season. And, and, and they're used to that environment, but they couldn't find and, a way and, to get the job Nothing done. against the Bison last night. I thought Omaha played tight. They did. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I, thought, I, thought, I thought they came out uh, almost, it felt like the weight of the world of the expectation of 40 minutes away. Mm. And that's part of handling it all. Because you know it's not going to be a two-bid league. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a good 40 minutes. Yeah. And uh, that makes it tough. You know, look at what happened to Gonzaga last night, right? They yeah. at one point beat St. Mary's by 48. Yeah. Last night they scored 47. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Isn't that crazy? March. 
I mean, that's so... Literally March Madness. It I is, mean, that's it, exactly what this is It's a one and about. done, yeah. right? So you just... Uh, it's not aggregate. It's not best of seven. <laughs> it's not a two-leg playoff. It's not a two-leg yeah. playoff. Nope. And, and, it, it's, and so, you know, you have a... you know, Or, or you pick up a, a foul here and there, and next thing you know, you're in a little bit of foul trouble, and, you know, it makes it difficult. But I thought that... Uh, um, I thought that uh, that was a tough matchup for South Dakota State just because they're the size uh, against Mike. Uh, you know, that's how you probably have to make him work. Yeah. And he, I think he scored, what, 16 that day? And he had to really work for those 16. Yeah, I think only 10 field goal attempts, I think, for Dom in that Interesting. contest. I mean, they really limited. But again, Brandon Gilbeck, he was going up against the seven-footer who's the totally. defensive player of the year. Yep. And there aren't many guys like that you're going to face over the course of a NCAA season. And that's, it was, yeah, stunning still, but it just goes to show you never know. Nope. That, by the way, was the only upset on the men's side until the championship game. It was Correct. chalk the rest of the way before number four NDSU beat number two Omaha. But... Uh, we'll find out what happens there over the course of the next couple of weeks, and we'll kind of keep you posted on how these summer league teams do over the next. That's right. Over the, yeah, the duration of the NCAA tournaments. I want to ask, what was the you know your first impressions of the summer league tournament? You kind of talked about the atmosphere. What's the best thing about that tournament now that you've seen it in person for the first time? Yeah, you know the the absolute location of the hotel relative to the arena. Hmm. <laughs> It's true. It's connected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, in you know, if you're just a you know flat out basketball junkie, you, you know you could kind of park your vehicle and never have to get into it. Yeah. And you know you just have games going on the whole whole entire way, which is kind of neat. So uh, I just thought it was uh, the other thing that just was weird how it all happened. Right uh, after the. Um, uh, after the first couple of days, there were eight schools left for the semifinals, eight different schools. Yes. That was weird. Yeah. A lot of parody. A lot of, a lot of diversity. That was the was word we used on the air. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that works out. It, it's, um, and that, you know, only, only Denver. Denver was the only team that didn't get in. All other eight of the nine summer league schools represented. Yeah. It just goes to show, like, there's a lot of, you know, parody in this conference. Yep. And it, there are a couple upsets that happened well, that allowed it to be the case. Yeah, and then the location, depending on, you know, certainly travel conditions and all that stuff. But if your team uh, tends to make a run, you can actually get in a vehicle and go down and support them if mm -hmm. you so choose to do. Yep. And from, from a lot of different locations within the footprint of the conference, which is, uh, which is great. Yeah, no, absolutely. One of the unfortunate things about the weather, because of the location, you know, it was great that North Dakota was able to win that women's game on Sunday, but unfortunately, if fans were up here watching hockey on Saturday night, they weren't able to get no. down and see it in person because the interstate was closed. I was among those people that could not make it down to Sioux Falls in time, unfortunately, um, which was a bummer, but it was fun listening to Jack Michaels get excited on the airwaves uh, on the way. But um, weather is just one of those things. What can you do? It's just, it's going to mess with plans this weekend, the people trying to go out to Denver. Um, it might prevent, well, it's spring break, so school's not going to get called off. But it, there's all those things that can kind of go into this. Um, but no, you're right. I think that, that fact that it's in Sioux Falls, obviously, it used to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that was very much what the Big Sky kind of had going on of being in Reno. You kind of had, Oral Roberts was sort of the host institution, but people couldn't get down there, really. Everybody else was a, an air flight away and on a long flight for some people. Now that it's in Sioux Falls, at least you get five schools that are drivable, and there's a couple that have to kind of fly in. They're, the big talk for a long time, last point on this, some of the schools from out east, Western Illinois, Fort Wayne, IUPUI in, in the old days, there was kind of the narrative that, well, since it's moved to Sioux Falls, we haven't really had a chance. It's so much it's such a home court advantage for the likes of South Dakota State, South Dakota, North Dakota State to an extent. 
that this this really isn't a fair thing. But you balance that with the atmosphere your kids get to play in front of. If you were a coach or you were a administrator from one of those schools, how do you balance that? Yeah, I I, I think it depends on which lens you want to look through. I mean, yeah. I think there's just multiple lenses like to any issue. And so if you want to just stay a one-trick pony and just always stay through one lens, you probably will come up with a certain answer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the chairs, at least that we sit in to some degree, you're trying to look at multiple lenses and how that works. I think if the, the probably the best way to answer the question though, and I, and, and, and I'm, we'll see if the summit league does this. I, I don't even know this at this point. I'll stay tuned. I'll let you know is ask the student athletes, hmm. ask them what they, how would they rank it? And, and here's, you know how they probably would rank it. They probably want atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they want a sterile environment. I, I personally, I don't think so. You know, I, I just think, you know, I, I think the, the, the coaches will always default to figuring out what gives them the best competitive advantage. And they should. I mean, that's the they lens there. That's yep. the lens they're looking through. So I get that. But I think as an administrator, you're trying to balance it all. You're trying to say what's right for the kids. You know, what's right financially for the uh, for the conference. How does that work? And how do you how do you go to that and not love that atmosphere? Yeah. Again, I get I get the color that's in the arena. I you know a lot of blue. And so we just have to kind of figure that out and continue to get better and, and, and then get more folks down there. Yeah, student athlete experience. That I think that's the thing that sort of wins the day. And then I'll answer the What financial. would you do as a student athlete? What would you rank? Oh, I'd want to be in front of ten thousand people playing for a shot at the totally. big dance. Absolutely as opposed to being in front of None. A couple, a couple hundred. A couple yeah, hundred. I mean, that's you know, if that that would right, be the case, because you was, wouldn't know, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, and I think a lot of a lot of um, conferences have done like let's just say what the uh, America East is doing this this week. They go somewhere and then they finish it off mm -hmm. at the highest remaining seed because mm -hmm. they know that they're going to get a crowd. Well, yeah. that's even worse. Now you're on someone's home court. Right. Right. So that, at least that's not the case. Yeah. So I don't know. I you know I, I I'm a big fan of what I just witnessed. How about that? I think that's a good way to put it. I think most people that were down there, I think, would say that as well. I think once you experience it, and especially it helped, by the way, the case that Western Illinois won a title a couple of years ago on the women's side to kind of break up the yeah yeah the 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 two bid. It was really it was USD and SDSU for a long time, and sure. nobody could even break that hegemony. And now it's been done. So now there's, there's precedent. Done. So well, and SDSU as a number one seed loses. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, it happened. It happens. It happened. I mean, yeah. USD and SDSU both lost in the first round. So it can happen. I mean, you just have to be, I guess, good enough to yeah. kind of, you know, go down that path. So it was good. And kudos to the Summit League uh, staff. They did it. They did a great job. And, uh, yeah. you know, they're grinding through. Uh, it's always a it's a groundhog day for them. So we only usually have to play one or two games a day. They've got it all just like no different than what you guys do. Yeah, it's it's uh yeah. Shout out to Ryan Powell and and. Tom Zupel and the entire Summit League crew. Ryan, a former UND guy, of course, going down there his first year as the yep. uh, assistant director of communications and making things happen. And it's a lot of stuff your first time through, but they they were phenomenal. And yeah, from a Midco perspective, it is so much fun to get to be involved with that tournament again. I hadn't been down there for a couple of years. I mean, it used to cover the tournament uh, closely when I was working from Sioux Falls. And uh, you're there pretty early in the morning and you're, you're staying pretty late at night and it's 12 games in three days, but it's, it's fantastic. It's and awesome. So it's been a great partnership and we're, we're excited to continue that over in the next, the foreseeable future, as long as that thing's in Sioux Falls, we'll keep doing those games. Um, speaking of conference tournaments, playoffs, et cetera, the hockey team 
finishing the season on a high note with a sweep here at home on senior weekend. They punched their ticket to be uh, not a home seat, unfortunately, because of the way mm-hmm. things worked out around the rest of the country. But We knew that was going to be challenging. That, yeah, it was, it was never going to be in North Dakota's hands. It depended on what Western Michigan did. For UND, though, to win three in a row now entering playoffs, they'll go out to Denver coming up this weekend. Flying high after a really emotional, exciting you know, compare our games here at the Ralph to finish out the regular season. Yeah, I mean, we said it last week is that we could only control what we could control last weekend. And so fortunately, uh, you know, we got it done, which was good to see. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, from a pairwise standpoint, uh, you know, I guess if you were going to say which school would you rather play, I guess it's Denver. Denver. I, I guess. I mean, I, that's the case. I mean, either one on the road is going to be a challenge, no doubt about it. Both have had, you know, really good years. And, you know, Western Michigan kind of, Michigan kind of righted the ship, so yeah. to speak, last week. I yeah. mean, early and often. They, they, it was, uh, yeah. it wasn't even a question. No. Comprehensive. <laughs> Those games, the games against Miami were never in doubt. But what's funny, what's funny, not funny, and we, and we had said this too, is Colorado College playing pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, they, uh, they, they played great against Denver. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll give Western Michigan a go this weekend. They're, they're playing some pretty good hockey right now. So, yeah, I don't know. We go out there and, uh, you know, I think our guys are, are excited about, you know, uh, here's, here's the truth. Here's my truth is that no matter who you are in the country right now, now you might have, there might be five to six to seven schools that are not in this boat because they know they're going to be in the NCAAs. Mm -hmm. But it still doesn't mean, though, that those schools all have to have a really good next several weekends. And if they don't, they're going to be done. Yeah. And so... Ours maybe starts a week earlier than others, or it has started. <laughs> and so at the end of the day, you just keep having to do your thing. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really good point. I would say probably, what, eight schools right now are safe? Maybe, maybe not even that many? I mean, that, depending on how things go. Just in terms of if you just, you know, let's say Denver, for example, goes in the tank, UND sweeps them. Never know. You know, they're going to probably be dropping down to the 11, 12 pairwise range. I haven't done the numbers, but, but I mean, you, you but lo- we could actually yeah. leap up there. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, Denver, a team like Denver could find themselves in trouble if they don't perform this weekend. North Dakota, of course, if they don't perform this weekend, the season's we over. We know what the deal is. But, that's, but the thing is, only about seven or eight really have the advantage of not having to worry about what that's goes right. on these next two weekends, right. where the rest of the country needs to win. So, really, the playoffs have. Really started. It's it's winner go home now for yep. you know yep. pretty much everybody in the country. Fifty two of the sixty D one teams. Totally agree. And some of those have already been knocked off on the wayside with first round conference tournament play starting in four of the conferences last weekend. But um, all that to say, it, it will be a great opportunity again for UND to pick up some steam. If they win two of three, they make it to St. Paul. You have a shot to win a trophy. You have a shot to clinch a ticket outright without having to worry about pairwise stuff, but also you have an opportunity, again, to play good teams and keep improving your stock for an at-large bid. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's, a, there's, no, there's no reason to think if you made it to St. Paul that at that point in time, it, you know, that's going to be as dangerous of a tournament as what the Frozen Four would be. It probably, probably. more, probably <laughs> more so. Yeah, I would say so. From I mean, a, truly, from it, a quality of team um, amazingly, yeah. the frozen face-off could be yeah. much more difficult than the frozen four. 
quote unquote. <laughs> I, I say that loosely because you have a team yeah. that's going to feel really good about themselves in the Frozen Four, and I'm sure, sure you know teams that have had really good years. You know, a UMass or whatever. There's teams that have had really yeah. good years. Yeah. Ohio State, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have some quality in St. Paul. Well, it'd be hard pressed to f- see St. Cloud State not beating Miami after what we've seen the Red Hawks sort of do the last. And what St. Cloud did this year. St. Cloud State undefeated at home this year. Only huh. one tie to go along with 15 wins. Most regular season points Six, in the history. Yep, that's for breaking UND's old record from yep. a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, so you'd have to say, so you know, if you're talking about your Frozen mm-hmm. Four, there's your number one team in the country. Duluth, more than likely, at home, would probably take care of business against Omaha. You would assume the Bulldogs would be think. able to do that. Omaha's a good team. We saw that yep. this weekend. Yep. Great power play. But there's the number three team in the country then. Yep. It also part of that group. And then whether it's Western or CC, again, both teams playing really well. And North Dakota and Denver, if North Dakota shown they can beat anybody in the country. They're a dangerous team, obviously, that nobody would want to play. And then if, you know, I, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think that would not be a crazy thing to say that the Frozen Four would feature potentially a higher quality of team than you'd see, or the, yeah, the, the Frozen Faceoff, excuse me, than you would see in Buffalo. Uh, yeah. in a couple of weeks time. I mean and, and then the you know the last the last piece of that puzzle is if you were you know not to put pressure on St. Cloud but 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 the reality of it is let's just say they're the best team in the country. Let's just say they won the national title this year. Let's just say that. Then that's four different teams in four different years. Yeah. From the, from conference. the conference. So it's like wow. I mean that's pretty yeah. amazing. So you wonder each and every week, you know, how how does it all work? Well, it's hard to sweep teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, the other ones, it's it's it, again back to everything goes back to English Premier Soccer. But the reality of it is, you know, th- you're going to have certain teams that are going to end up playing very well or find themselves and and, and start rolling, and it just it becomes a, a challenge, no question. Yeah, well, it'll be fun to watch this weekend around the league to see how things shake out. We haven't had a road team win a best-of-three series in the NCHC quarterfinals for a couple of seasons. It's only happened once in the last four years. The first year of the NCHC, three road teams won, including St. Cloud State, a number one seed, losing. That's the only time it's happened. That's the only time eight's beaten one was back in 2014. But uh, North Dakota, a chance to reverse that trend. And I, again, I think most people would give them a great chance to play a Denver team that they beat 4-1 to one in the season opener here at the Ralph, lost the next night in overtime 2-1. And then out in Denver, two two games, one that ended in a tie, one that was a 2-1 game. I mean, just all these games have been tight, minus the first one that UND kind of took care of business in. I think they got to feel good. Brad Berry, by the way, yesterday, I've not seen Brad so fired up for, for a while based, like, uh, based on how his team has performed in practice and in games. He was ready to go play the game yesterday afternoon like he was like hey we're ready we're playing we're, we're on fire right now we just got to get him there because you just got to get him there yeah so that- which is probably the biggest challenge <laughs> i mean really <laughs> i mean yeah. uh, that, I mean, hard to hard to play a team if you can't get there yeah, gosh. so you know we that was all that and as i said to brad schlossman as we were talking about you know various because we hadn't been through this right mm-hmm. and it, it, since the since the inception of the league and it's just uh, we and have not gone on the road in a quarterfinals right. in a long long time yeah. so something maybe Maybe 2 or something like That's that. That's right. Yep. yep and, and so at the end of the day, um, I, the only word I can use is tricky. <laughs> it was. It's yeah. tricky. I mean, yeah. I, you know, and, and again, I, I'd say this is, you know, the, the the piece of the puzzle that's challenging is it's no different than kind of moving a football team. It's you've got a lot of equipment. Yeah. And you've mm-hmm. got to prepare for potentially three games. And so there's just it, it, all of that. And really, if you were to say, you know, the percentages uh, last week when we were potting, I, I would say we probably would have put, if we were going on the road, well, probably put staying at home was probably 
let's just say less than 20%. That probably. I would say so. Yeah. And then the remaining 80, I would say it was probably 60-20 going to Kalamazoo. And then it didn't turn out that way. Yeah. And so now you're doing kind of a flip in the middle of, holy fazoli, okay, now we're trying to figure some things out. And now we're then trying to figure out commercial flights versus not out of Fargo. It would have been five different flights. It just, and then the storm. We knew a storm was coming. So uh, all that to be said, it's good that they're flying out today as we're potting. You mentioned, Bill, UND has been at home for the first round of the conference tournament for 16 straight years, first time since 2002. They'll be on the road. From a, from a financial standpoint, uh, that's kind of been a, a question around, like, what, what does this mean for the NCHC to not have that gate? What does it mean for the university? Where do you explain to us what, what this sort of means? Yeah, so, so there's probably, we probably could do a whole pod on it. So mm-hmm. I'll try to be as simple as possible, even though it's not as simple as you might think. So there are, um, uh, you know, Josh Fenton and his, his crew, they put kind of a model together trying to figure out maybe circumstances that could be the most conservative from a budgeting standpoint. Sure. One would include UND not being at home. And so, so I think as, as, the, uh, as the conference has grown, and fortunately, knock on wood, things have gone well over the last five years. Kudos to everyone who, who started the league, and uh, including my, my predecessor. So, um, so awesome there. Um, so there's fortunately a, a few dollars now in reserves for the league in case something really kind of can go left on us to some degree. The, the, the trick is this. Sometimes you don't know the expenses nor the revenues because last weekend you'd had Colorado College you would have thought was going to bust to Denver. Yeah, now they're flying right. to Kalamazoo. That's right. So, so the expenses get a little bit interesting. So you just don't know. It's all moving parts yeah. is the best way of putting it. Getting back to us, what does it mean for us? Well, there's a, there's a financial model that a good percentage, a good majority of the percentage of those ticket sales goes to the league itself anyways. Mm-hmm. So you really don't lose those dollars because that's kind of a pass-through. Sure. What you do is the ancillary stuff, food and beverage. Right. And I think what Jody and I have probably determined, probably about a $200,000 weekend. Mm-hmm. That's probably what is safe to say if that were the case. Now, that is all based on and eventually whatever our net revenues are with the Ralph, and then eventually, you know, it, we figure out what that might mean to us at the end. So, uh, so all that to be said, um, you know, I, I, nothing's guaranteed, right? Yeah. I mean, we were fortunate for such a long period of time that that's the case, but you know, it, not surprising given the depth and strength of this league that occasionally you might find yourself, say, in the five hole. Yeah, and that's, I think, hearing that idea that. You know, you, you plan sort of for the most conservative model and then sort of work off that. So it's not like you're staking your budget on, well, we're going to get this money because we're going to host or we're going to go three games versus two and all those things. It's just another example of why the, the league and the university, I think, have done a nice job in being good stewards of the good years and of being ready when things maybe, you know, don't quite go the way that you want them to. It's unique because the Summer League tournament we were just talking about, South Dakota State's men losing in the first round that took away probably four to 5,000 people, I mean, over the course of each men's session. And you think about all, you know, ticket sales, the, the, the money that brings in around. You know, you, 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 you don't want to, you don't want to play favorites, but you know, as a league, you're kind of like, oh man, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. But, you, you know, you're, you're going to be yeah, okay. Yeah, way. no, I think, I, I think that's it. And I, I think, uh, you know, I think if, uh, it, 
if you've read what what Josh uh, you know said to to Brad last week is you know I think early on in the league you probably are hopeful that the the better scenarios come out over the course of time and you've maybe accumulated some some assets and so so maybe you have a reserve opportunity where sometimes then you can kind of then do exactly what we're suggesting right now is make sure that you're as conservative as possible so again you don't want to spend money that you don't know you're going to have which is good advice for life Yes. In general, <laughs> I would say um, it's it, it, again. Someone once said this to me: "It's it's 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 not what you make; it's what you spend." And so, at the end of the day, it's good to know what you're going to make before then you potentially spend it. How about that? Good stuff. Deep, <laughs> deep. deep thoughts. We've gone deep from Fazoli's to deep here. <laughs> North Dakota going to Denver. Games at 8 o'clock Central on Friday and Saturday, and then 7 o'clock Central should it go to a Game 3 on Sunday. And again, you can watch all those games live on Midco SN. Excited to be able to bring those to you from the Rockies. Quick hitters around the rest of UND Athletics, because it really was a big weekend. Um, starting down in Alabama, Molly Detloff, Kylie Foster, both earning second-team All-American honors awesome. at Indoor Nationals. First time that we've had an indoor All-American. Yep. We got two of them this past weekend. Great stuff from the girls. Which was great. And I think we, we went a little bit deeper into it last week. Yeah. So certainly check that out in the archives if you want to. But ultimately, uh, congratulations, congratulations to both of them. Uh, Well-earned. Yeah, Molly, 11th in the weight throw. Kylie Foster tying for 10th in the pole vault. Good for those two. Softball, now 500. They've won yeah. four straight, 13-13. and 13. They've beaten UC Santa Barbara, Montana, and Cal State. They Field twice this past week. Things looking good. They're playing playing great softball right now. It's crazy. And they've got a couple of games out on the West Coast, that Pacific and that Seattle coming up this week. Yeah, weekend. and I only say crazy because of not being able to, of course, play at well, home. That's exactly. And, yes. and, and again, not that our talent isn't what it, 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 it could or should be, but the reality of it is to go really literally coast to coast and, and win you know, in Florida and then kind of go to Cal State Bakersfield and, and to, to sweep them is just uh, really, really neat to see. So we're excited about that and uh, you know, eventually Actually, maybe, M- maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe. Okay. I think, I think is it April? <laughs> I think April thirteenth is designated as the first home date of the season—a doubleheader against South Dakota. Yeah. That's a month from today. Yep. Yes, it is. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll, we'll keep you posted. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Okay. So softball again on the road, of course, as always. Women's golf, by the way, on the road as well. Cool thing. Two holes in one from Ashland Gugisburg in Nevada at Boulder Creek in the same tournament. Two holes in one in the same tournament, Bill. I, I, don't, I don't even get that. That's unbelievable, isn't <laughs> that's, it? That's stupid I mean, that, stuff. That, that was ridiculous. People, I, people don't get one in their entire life. Well, I think she's never had one either. Oh, wow. So now she has two. How about that? That's Isn't awesome. that cool? Yeah, very cool stuff. Dropping bombs all over the place. Um, anything else from you from a UND perspective? Nope. Think Cra- we're good. Crazy week. We'll flip it over really quick to the B side because yep. it was another busy week in national sports. Uh, I want to talk specifically to you about football right now really fast. Off-season reports indicate that Pittsburgh has now sold off all their players. Um, I want to get your grades really fast. Antonio Brown being traded to the Raiders for a third and a fifth. What are your thoughts? Addition by subtraction. So you give that A, the A grade for that? Not even a question. Yeah, a I love all the talking heads saying that the Steelers have gotten fleeced. I love it. You know what? Because they actually, as, as my friend Colin Coward would say, is that the Patriots, they, they do not acquire talent. They build teams. Hmm. And, and now, you know what? Maybe the Steelers can finally build a team. 
they are going to eat $21 million in dead money because of yeah, this. Yeah, I, I, was, I was trying to figure that out, and I think I finally did. I didn't realize they, were, they amortized his signing bonus over the course mm-hmm. of time. And when that happens, it all has to be paid off sure. in dead money that, that year that he sold off. I'm totally good with it. I wish him the best. He was awesome for the Steelers. Yeah. I have zero problem with it. The problem with, with him was the second he Facebook lived in the locker room prior to the Patriots week mm-hmm. was a problem. <laughs> and then, then, then we had the opportunity to just go two more years of pain. Yeah. So there you go. Keep your phones away, kids. When yep. you're in the locker room. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Le'Veon Bell, by the way, signing with the Jets. Your other part of the Killer Bees from a couple of years ago. Four years, fifty-two million. James Conner is pretty good. Um, I don't think offense is going to be their issue. Yeah. You know, I think they, they're going to score points. Uh, they signed a corner yesterday, I guess, from Kansas City. Their, their issue is defense. You know, and uh, so, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't be any happier. No, just uh, I love it. It's going to be a different Steelers team next year, but not really, I guess. Just, just I mean, Bell wasn't there really last year. No, James Washington's pretty good. Um, Smith Schuster's pretty good. I, I think they're going to. The offense will not be the issue. It's yeah. just um, you know. I think they actually can be a little bit more buttoned down and kind of figure things out and not so be a roller coaster. I think the roller coaster is going to happen in Cleveland. Yeah, well, they've they've been active. Um, Good. <laughs> I love it. I love them. Sign them all. Odell Beckham Jr. going for a first and a third and, and a second year, third year safety in Jabril Peppers. It's fine. Yeah. Well. Go for it. They're really loading up. They're really, but that, like you just said, though, they are acquiring a lot of talent. We'll see how those pieces fit. It's got to become. It's got to become a team. Yeah, well, that's. Hard Knocks won't be there this year, so we won't get a chance to see how it all plays out. But it'll be, they'll be, it'll be fun to hear people talking about the Browns as Super Bowl contenders. I'll believe it when I see it. Yes, yeah. I, I would too. But it's you know what? There's no doubt their roster's ridiculous. I would agree with you on that. Yes. Um, quickly to soccer, Spurs through to the Champions League quarterfinals, a four nothing aggregate win over two legs over Borussia Dortmund. Exciting moments for Spurs fans. A little deflating this weekend when they lose to a bad Southampton team 2-1. to one. But you're marching on. You're still in third place in the league. You're into the final eight of the best club competition in the world, the one you really want to win that you've never won. Thoughts as a Spurs fan right now, Bill? Yeah, I mean, I, it, not surprising. I, I think uh, there's eight matches left in the Premier League. And if you told me right now, after, I guess, what, 30 matches in or whatever it is, 31 matches, is 30, 30, 30 matches. 30 matches in. 30 yeah. matches in. Um, Eh, they'd have a shot given a lot of their little bit of an issues that they've had this year with stadium and world cup and roster, you know, uh, additions, or I should yeah. say lack thereof <laughs> and rumors about their coach getting into every position known to man other than the one he has yeah. uh, all that to be said. Um, eh, I'll take where we're at. Yeah. The new stadium, by the way, it sounds like they, it is going to open in April. And it's just a matter of whether it'll be against Brighton or in this Champions League quarterfinal. It's going to be one of the two, but apparently that is now official. So the stadium that was supposed to open last year now is actually going to open this April, I think, officially, finally. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, we'll any, anytime you do construction uh, projects, you know, things can happen. Yeah. And so they, uh, I, you know, Wembley's been actually a pretty good home for them. Yeah. So it's been fine. I, I, you know, that's really not the issue. It's just it, what the issue is is as, as good as Wembley has been for them to some degree, it, there's nothing like being probably in your own stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be kind of the cool piece. And I, I guess, you know, again, for, for those of you just tracking on this, is that's where the NFL will play their games. Yes. And so uh, it's supposed to be a beautiful stadium, so we'll see. Yeah, the new White Hart Lane coming your way in maybe a month. Maybe. White, White Hart Kane. <laughs> right? Oh, Harry. 
Yes. Prince Harry. Good stuff. Um, anything else on your mind, Bill? We could talk about a bunch of other things, but yeah. you got a meeting. We've, we've been yeah, dragging the, on. The, good luck for your Liverpool team today. Yeah, big ones today. They're playing Bayern. Um, when you listen to this, you'll know if, if, if the Reds have advanced and have made it four English teams in the final eight in the championship. That's a huge. League. Big deal. Big deal. I think this, I, I'll, I'll give you two quickies, and maybe we'll talk more the next pod about it, but um, I think... And again, I, part of it is that it's hard for me to, to know because I've become interested in it, but I do believe NBC's relationship with the Premier League has helped that league. Oh, yeah. In, the, in this country. Yes. In this country. 100%. And, yes. and I think with that, I think it has helped. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. The interest level certainly is there and, and whether that helps those teams anymore. But like you said, there was a little bit of a cycle at one point in time where it seemed like, you know, premier teams did very well in the Champions League and then they dipped a little bit. But now they're kind of back on a on a forefront because those top six teams, I'll tell you what, they're all pretty good. Yeah. Well, I got- Foreseeable future. Yeah. I don't see them, any one of them. It's, but given the fact that, that the Spurs are opening the new stadium, so they've yeah. got another bump to some degree. I, I, the, the other teams are so traditional. It feels like the Spurs are the, the kind of the sixth of that group. They're, they're the newest. Well, the, they, they, and, they and City are both the newest teams to sure. join the elite here. Yes. Yeah, but City's had more success. Yes. They've won stuff. They've Spurs won stuff. Yet. Yes. So, so okay, I'll, I'll put those guys five and six. And then the others are the traditional yeah. historical teams. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, and they're, and they're all, four of those six have an opportunity to play for the, the biggest trophy in soccer, really, from, yeah. from a club soccer perspective. So, so the last thing I'll leave yeah. you with, and, I, and I'd say, you know, and we could probably do, again, a whole other pot on this one at some point. Maybe we will when it's a little bit slower time. Is uh, yesterday, a tough tough day for higher education really i mean oh, at the yeah. end of the day yeah, you know like you don't you don't like to see you know what transpired i guess in any walk of life yeah. in that regard and it just uh you know kind of i think we're all just sort of digesting that news that was just uh but as i said to you before the pod you know in in life in life there's bad actors and you know what or people that act badly yeah one or the other. I, I mean, sometimes you could be a, a good person, just in, unfortunately you acted bad. Yeah. And, and so I'm not, but for, for higher ed, that was a tough one. Yeah, not a great look. Um, was not it 50, great. 50, 50 different institutions, I think, affected by this was what the number was at yesterday. And was it 50, 50 individuals? Or 50 individuals, I but, but I think it was more yeah. like, I think we're in about 10 schools sure. or that we know of maybe. And, you know, you know, what's fascinating to me. And again, I'll leave you with this one. And, and again, I, it, it, it's always interesting to me. A lot of these FBI probes, so to speak, that, that kind of are are being done covertly because why would you know they're being done until it comes out? But it's just fascinating to me when they do come out. Yeah. I mean, that, that whole publicity sort of time frame to get the maximum um, platform possible. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't a Friday news dump story. This is a, let's do this on Monday or Tuesday. And let's or Final sure Four yeah, or same, Super same Bowl yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just like, yeah. let's, let's, let's take all eyes and like, let's put this out there at this yeah. point in time. I don't know what that says. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. We'll ponder. We'll ponder that for next week's podcast, perhaps. Well. There, there you go. We'll see. We'll probably have a lot going on next week, too. I would say so, too. Yeah. Well, we, we, we might have a slow time in April at some point when we wind this thing down. We'll come back down. Yeah, I think so. We'll do it for the live show. Yeah. Oh, hey. I like that. You're announcing that. We're doing, doing live pod as, as our poor producer is the only one that, that David's the only one that really could get us going. We'll figure it out. I'm not worried. 
It's going to be right. great. Stay tuned for that. Well, on behalf of Bill Chaves and David Folsky, I'm Alexander. And as always, thank you for listening. Be safe this weekend with the bomb cyclone and everything else that's going on. And we'll talk next week.